Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of Chat. Absolutely delighted to be joined today by the Italian maestro Giuseppe Ottaviani. Giuseppe, how are you? Hey, Brian. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How is um, how is Italy at the moment? Uh, Italy is doing a little bit better right now. So we are out of the lockdown, and uh, and that's the good news. So it feels like a little a little of kind of a normal life for now. Okay, so I, I can't um, complain. You're not like you're not restricted to staying at home or, or restaurants and stuff open where you are and that. Yes, right now, yes. Well, since a week, because uh, we 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 use a different um, method than than the Ireland, for example. We use colors. We give a red zone, orange zone, and yellow zone. Okay. So Italy is divided by these three colors. Okay. So depending by the region where you are and where you're living, you know, you can be affected by the yellow orange or red so we were orange last week which means restaurants are closed bars are uh, only serving without um, sitting down just you know um, take away yeah um, and now it seems to be a little bit better you know everything is open back and um, but still they close at 6 p.m. okay so it's kind of a <laughs> not 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 yeah, it's, normal anyway it's a, it's a little bit different to here because we've been on a, a level five which is the highest um lockdown that you could be on and that's what ireland has been on since before christmas so everywhere is shut you can't go to any restaurants there's no bars um all non-essential retail is closed as well and we're not allowed to go five more than five kilometers from our house unless it's for essential travel so uh, in the in the past week and stuff, it's it's just it's it's really sort of getting to me a little bit. I'm just sort of fed up at this stage, and like we, it, the weather's really bad. Like, yeah, it's, well, it's, it, it's snowing here today, but right, we 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 are expecting snow this weekend, which is okay. weird for the part of the you know for the part of, of Italy I, I'm from. So. Yeah, I was thinking but, that uh, because we, we were, you were living in Italy, obviously you've a far more. What would the word healthy, healthier climate to what we have? It must be must be yeah, a lot better for your mental health to live somewhere. It's, like it's that. definitely much better in the place where I live because if you live in the big cities like Rome and Milan, that doesn't change much compared yeah. to the other part of the world. So um, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough because I live in this place. Uh, it's a small village on the on a big lake. So uh, I'm basically living on the beach. Which Look means, you. <laughs> Look you know, you. you just you just go out uh, twenty meters away from my from my door, and then you walk on the beach. You don't need to wear the mask, um, you know, as far as you keep distance with other people. Yeah, um, that's that's a big plus for you know for people who live in this situation. Of course, if you live in um, in, in a city in a con, uh, that's that's not fun at all. Yeah, but and um. It- in Italy, do you do you need do you have to wear a mask everywhere, even outside? Uh, right now, yes. That wasn't it was it wasn't like this before um, October, September. Yeah, and uh, now you have to. Yeah, you have to wear the mask uh, whatever you go, um, unless you are running, you know, like jogging or stuff like that. But um, there is a lot of controls by the police, and but you know, in in small places, small villages like mine. Uh, it's more easy because if it's only you walking down the beach, I mean nobody's gonna say anything. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more uh, relaxed, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I get you because it's not there's not as many people sort of crowded Correct. together. Yeah. 
But um, I want to sort of go back maybe um, 12 months because uh, I remember I was speaking to you and I had said to you that uh, myself and Adele were due to go to Rome for a weekend away. Oh, right. And right. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was interesting because the month before I was due to go to China and obviously uh-huh. the situation had kicked off there and then a month uh, then over the, the coming weeks after that it was sort of Italy that was really affected really really badly um, first right. of all in Europe so Italy where you live is probably was the area you lived in was it badly affected or was it more towards the the other parts of Italy and the city no n- not at all I mean um, my um, the region where I live you know they get high numbers because of Rome and the airport so that's part yeah. of the region where I live, but not in my place, not in my city, not in the cities and nearby um, at that time. Um, it was a little bit worse in October, November. Okay. Even in a, in a village like the one I live, which we are of 1,500 people living here. We got something like 50, 60 infections, which is, you know, it's a quite a, quite a good number yeah. for... Yeah you know, such a small amount of people living here. Uh, but again, I mean, um, not a major issue at all anyway. Even back in March when I, uh, I was, I think I was in, uh, yeah, I think one of my, my last gig was in Canada and um, I came back to Italy and I heard the news that Italy was going to be in lockdown very soon. And that was March 4th or 5th. And so I thought, because I have my cousin living in Spain now, because he, he's uh, going to the university over there. And I was like, look, I called him and, tell, and I told him, look, um, probably tomorrow I'm just going to take a plane and, and join you in Spain so I can continue touring, yeah. flying out from Spain because Spain was good at that time. But likely I, I, you know, I, I just took more days to think about that. And then Spain was closed, Italy was closed. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to move to Dublin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you lived good, in Dublin before for a short while, didn't you, a few years ago? Yeah, a few years ago, I, I had a plan to stay there with my family for six months. That was the plan. Yeah. Because, um, you know, if I, move, if I move somewhere around the world, it could be anywhere, but it has to be nearby a big uh, hub airport. Yeah. And Dublin was a, was a great option. I have another cousin living there. So, um, yeah, it was a good option. Uh, the only thing is that I think it was a little bit unfortunate that we moved to B- Dublin in July because in Italy it's full summer. You know, yeah. my kids go to the beach from, from the morning till the late night and we spend all the time at the beach having fun. And, and it was very unfortunate that we got a very bad season in Dublin. It was cold and raining all day. It's and always windy. like that, Giuseppe. It's always well, it's like not, that. No, no, come on, man. It's, it's not always like that. But, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a warm welcome. So um, after a month, my kids were like, what the hell we are doing here? You know, yeah. like, um, I really wanted to try to stay there. That was before my kids were supposed to go to school. So I was like, okay, we spent six months here. If we like this place, we stay. Um, as, a, as an experience, you know, yeah. why, why not? Uh, but seriously, man, the, after one month, <laughs> my, my kids were, were kind of depressed and they were, you know, they were crying. They, never be, they were never happy about the situation because most probably because of the weather, because they are used to do certain yeah. things in, in this place. They couldn't do it. 
And so I was like, okay, well, look, if they, you know, I'm not doing this for myself. If they are not happy, we just go back. And yeah, that was my uh, experience over there. Yeah, unfortunately, I can, I, I can completely understand if they were feeling depressed. They should, they should try and live here from uh, from October till now with the weather's even yeah. worse. I know. The, the point is, if you need to, because you got your work, you have to do, I mean, if it's an important thing and you have to move, then of course you just stay because you gotta stay no matter what. But it was supposed to be um, a pleasure uh, stay, uh, yeah. for kind of a long vacation if you want. But yeah. um, no, it didn't work out, so <laughs> we had to go back. Yeah, so going over the past 12 months, how have you... Um, personally handled it has there been moments where you've felt like overwhelmed or um, found it difficult to sort of accept the fact that you're not able to do your work as normal or have you really just sort of taken it day by day or what, what, um, how have you handled it well uh, the, the, f the first few months I was kind of uh, okay I, I'm, I was like okay I'm yeah I, I'm happy I stay home I get to spend some time with my family and um, I mean, I've, I've been touring like a crazy in 2019, so that was enough, you know. Okay, a little break, break, like four, five, six months break, fine. And then you start realizing that this is going to be a long break. And then there was a moment where I say, oh, what the hell is going on with the world? You know, I, I want to go back, I want to go back. But I didn't really reach any place where I was kind of um, extremely... Um, negative not not really uh, and that's probably because i get a big help from from from, from the family basically yeah. so um it's it's a you know it's a it's all these factors together you live um you have a, a good relation with your family you have kids everything is working well uh, you live in a place where the lockdown exists but it's not that bad uh, you can go out anywhere, you know, you stay in a, in, you stay in a, you live in a nice place. Um, the weather, which is something that really affects my mood, likely, it's, it's uh, not, not always, but you know, there is a good percentage of good weather compared to the bad weather, like we have today. But um, taking all this factor together, you know, it, it wasn't really bad for me, to be honest. Uh, and when it and when it started to be kind of a uh, like you know I was feeling like okay I have enough now, and then I just say to myself okay let's focus on making projects, and so I started working on new music of course, and then um, we started to work on a masterclass, which took me uh, six months, so uh, I kept myself busy doing projects and looking forward to to the next goal you know the, ne the next thing you can reach and uh and that's the same thing I, i've i kept doing from uh july august till now and now I, same thing you know i just keep um uh targeting something and then i say okay let's start working and don't even think of when we are gonna go back i mean i don't even i don't make my plans accordingly with when we can go back because nobody knows yeah. I just making my plans accordingly with what I can do from home basically and that's the um, all the projects that I have lined up for for 2021 are all based from what I can do from the studio yeah uh, and then 
when eventually we go back, it's just a, a plus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the the thing that I've noticed most about yourself over the past 12 months is your work ethic and your mindset. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anybody that works as hard as you do. And you're, you're well, out. It, might, it looks that I work hard, but I don't because, you know, since ever, this has always been my passion. So yeah. I will do this anyway, even if I wasn't getting any money because I, I loved what I do, you know, and uh, it's not work for me. Yeah. It's, it's never been work. Uh, yes, I, I, I spend a lot of time in my studio. That, that's, that's correct. But um, maybe maybe because it's just me. I mean, I haven't changed the amount of time I spent in the studio during the pandemic compared yeah. to before. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain that a little bit better. What what I mean by that is I've had uh, moments over the past twelve months where I feel like I don't have any inspiration, and the fact that I'm not touring, I'm not playing gigs, I'm not getting that sort of going away playing getting that inspiration to come back and make new music and the fact that I don't know when I'm going to be playing a live show again I've, I've, I've really started to miss that in the past few weeks that that feeling of being on stage and and to, I'm, I'm just missing that so that has affected my um, I find it hard to make music if I'm not inspired and with everything that's going on in the world it's 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 difficult for me to go into the studio and make new music but th what i mean by it seems to me how hard you've worked it seems like you've just you've continued on and you still have the same drive and the same passion and it's something i really admire and it's something that i think people should um take as an inspiration for themselves that don't be taking days off like you need to maximize everything that you have and sort of use this time to be proactive and to be productive and I think that's something that you've done a lot better than most of us <laughs> over the past 12 months. Well, uh, l let me put it like this. When at the beginning I had no gigs at all, like back in 2000, uh, yeah. I was making, I was spending even more time in the studio, even, you know, spending the entire night in the studio making music just because I was getting inspired by watching videos from gigs. like. Yeah. You know, Paul Van Dyke playing somewhere, Army Van Buren playing somewhere, Ferry Costin playing somewhere, and then I was getting this video from um, what was the um, that TV? Um, was it Rapture? Rapture TV? TMF? Something like that. I can't remember. But uh, look, I had a, uh, um, I had friends sent, giving me CD DVDs actually with. Uh, videos, right? And I was like, oh God, one day I want to be there. So I was getting just the inspiration by watching this video. And then I was making the music. Um, and it kind of works in the same way for me right now because um, I'm feeling like one day I'll be there again. And so I get inspired now. I want to be prepared. So I work on the music as if I was going to play tomorrow. Uh, I know I won't play it tomorrow, but that will be all bunch of new music ready for the day I will be able to play again. I have no idea how long it's gonna take, but also back in 1999, 2000, I had no idea if I was making it at all. Yeah. But that's the same kind of inspiration. I mean, I, I found myself to um, kind of a think in my head just the way I've been thinking back in 1999. It's a good attitude to have and 
I want to go back to that period if if that's okay because sure the the stuff that you were making then has had a massive um, influence on me personally. Um, the, the, that whole new energy cell and the arpeggiated melodies that yeah. that driving up tempo trance that was a really uh, a mainstay of like Paul Van Dyke his sets from around that time. I just have so many amazing memories of like clubbing and, and really becoming addicted to the music back then right so th- that's really interesting for me to hear you speaking about th- that time so when you were starting out making music um what 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 was the job that you were actually doing because you obviously weren't full-time at music at that stage but so you were just literally making those tracks in your spare time is that correct yeah well um uh, as soon as i finished my school um you know in italy we had to go um in the army yeah. So that's something mandatory. You had to do okay. it. Okay. Um, I was just lucky enough because I was making music already, not professionally, but you know, um, I just decided to um, do a uh, competition to enter the army. But um, how do you know? It's where you get paid for your job. Um, I don't know the words in English, but anyway, I spent um, almost three years in the army. And with all those money, I built my studio. <laughs> and so I was making, uh, because I didn't live in the, um, I, I didn't live inside the, the army base. I was living outside in a normal house with other colleagues. And so I had the chance to get my room and build up my studio. Um, so um, I think Dreamland, the first draft of Dreamland was born in uh, in my very early studio at that time so i was doing my day job in the army and then in the afternoon and the night i was just making music and that's how i started to build my studio because you know uh, back then uh, sorry uh, <laughs> it wasn't really cheap to make music yeah. i mean there was not just a lot of hardware is that correct well, there was not just a laptop and, and software that you could use. I mean, there was something, but not as good as what we have now. Yeah. Uh, so you had to buy, well, what you see in the back. That's still my gear from, from back then. So keyboards, mixer, computer, and it was kind of expensive. So if you don't really have an income, it's not easy to build um, a decent studio to deliver a decent track. So thank, thanks to that, I had my monthly salary, which I spent completely on, um, on uh, yeah, on gear. So um, h- how long was it that you were serving, you had to serve in the army, was your military service? Yeah, it was like two years and a half, something. Really? But yeah. How long? Well, no, no, no. Uh, well, you had to do it for, uh, in my case, it was 15 months. Okay. But uh, I liked it because I was getting money and I was okay. building the studio. So yeah, I, yeah. I stayed longer than that. And do you think your experience of being in the army, do you think that's sort of given you a discipline and a drive to sort of have the correct attitude to do and everything that you do? Well, we had to go through a kind of a, a six, a six plus another two, well, say eight months of, um, in total, I mean, uh, of um, how do you say um, training stuff like that that I think uh, that's something that will be very beneficial to people of this era like you know yeah. because it, 
it doesn't work like that anymore. You don't have to do, you don't have to go to the army, but it really helps you to get out from your um, comfort zone. Comfort zone, totally. And get yourself, you know, and, and basically see how uh, a different world would uh, look without your mom or your dad behind you. So that's something where I, I, I really, well, I mean, at least in Italy, I, I know other parts of the world are there because of the culture, they have a different mentality, but people here tend to stay home with the parents till, I don't know, a very later stage, like, you know, 35, 40 years old. Seriously, yeah. I have friends. And, um, you know, at uh, 18 years old, you have to go away uh, far from home and get some sort of discipline. You know, it's, it's, it's beneficial, I think. I mean, I didn't like the job itself. For me, it was just a game. No, like, let's have fun. And it was also a way to make some money to m make music. But um, yeah, the, 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 the positive things that I've got from that is that they kind of like gave me a sort of, um, I, don't, I don't know the word in English, <laughs> but uh, yeah, discipline. Yeah, discipline and a mindset and sort of a, a, a sort of a tunnel vision where you, you set your mind to doing a project and you, you work yeah, on it yeah. until you do it right. And Co correct. The fact, that, the fact that you do everything yourself, I think maybe you, you did get a lot from your experience in the army. Yeah, maybe maybe I've got more than what I think, but uh, yeah. yeah, it really helped me out a lot. And, uh, well, I don't know if this is any sense, but I still have friends when they talk to me they're still like, uh, Giuseppe, it, feels, it looks like you are still in the army when you talk. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if this is a positive things, thing or not, but um, that's how a few friends see me, you know. But yeah, yeah kind of, uh, you, you know what's your tar target, you know what's your goal, and you just do whatever you, you need to do to achieve that. Yeah, I think that's that's really important at the moment is uh, you need to sort of, from day to day, you need to set yourself a goal. You, you can't just let the days just go by. Uh, what, oh, what yeah, you, definitely. What you've been doing is you've been really productive. As you said, you've did the master class where you're, you're taking your experiences and your expertise and you're teaching people, which is a very noble thing to do. So just just coming back to the, the army and stuff, what did it come to a stage where the music was starting to take off for you? Did did you leave by choice, or was it you just you had enough with the army and you wanted to go well, into music, or what, I, what way would it go? I had enough from the army, but I know I I couldn't make any money out of the music. Uh, but it was just a lucky moment where uh, two main things happened. Uh, first one, uh, 2001. Yeah. I was in the army when that happened. We saw the second plane crashing in yeah, uh, life. I remember it as well. I'll never forget that day. It was insane. And not the first one, the second plane crashing where we were live in, on TV. Yeah. And so my army base became sort of extremely active. And, um, and that's where I realized um, I don't like this job. I mean, I, d yeah. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to kill anyone. I don't want to be killed as well, which is a good thing. So um, that's where I realized, okay, I have enough of this because as I said before, I did that because I had to, um, and then because it was fun and because it was getting paid quite good money for that, that period. Um, and at the same time, um, uh, 
mm, our track, and when I say our, I mean uh, New Energy, uh, myself and Andrea, uh, our track Dreamland was getting signed on Vandit and getting released. And Paul Van Dyke approached me and say, hey, we got this track, let's sign this and like, like let's start a collaboration with the label. And that's also, this, the next year was the year where um, I participated in my first Love Parade, 2002. So everything was kind of a pushing me in the same direction, like that's the right moment to leave the army and focus on music. And that's what I, that's what I done. I was like, okay guys, thank you very much, see ya. <laughs> it was like the universe was working in your favor and bringing you towards this moment. Well, you know, it was just the the right moment, the right time to do to make a decision, and and so I did. Even though I was making no money at all for the first year or year and a half after I left. Yeah, uh, it was just like everything was coming together, and Paul Van Dyke was taking you on board because obviously I'd say Paul was a, a massive inspiration to yourself. And then I'm just oh, thinking, yeah. I'm just oh, yeah. thinking here to myself as all these things were happening. Uh, there was a, there's a new energy track called Universe, so maybe yeah. Uh, oh, sort of. <laughs> subconsciously, everything was coming together and things were happening yeah, for you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that that name came from something like that. I don't know. Maybe, possibly. I, yeah. I don't even know how the names you know where the names came from, but for, I can tell you, free fall, the album and the track was something like we don't know what we're doing. We were we we don't know where we're going. So we just some free fall, but let's do it. That's, that uh, was, that was the meaning on, on, on the album title. Yeah, that's uh, I never actually knew that actually, but yeah, I've actually I listened back to that um, album a couple of times in the past year or so, and the whenever I feel sort of um, I'm looking for a little bit of inspiration, I'll go back and listen to the Orgasmatron. The yeah, okay. Orgasmatron. Here, here is a funny thing. Everybody believe Orgasmatron is a live gig where we played a live set. Yeah. But it's not. Orgasmatron, yeah, yeah. Or, Orgasmatron is just a gas mix on um, a radio, a network in Italy, which doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. But that that was just a, a gas mix, you know, like a, me and Andrea mixing vinyls at home and recording on a, on a CD and sending to the radio station. And then yeah. it kind of went viral for some reason. So everybody's... It's really it went, like, it uh, went viral for a specific reason because... I still think they're, 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 for me, they're the most influential and best, um, what would the word, examples of what trans should be. It's, it's, they're incredible. Every single track just keeps getting better and better. So uh, they've mm -hmm. been a huge inspiration for me. I know for John O'Callaghan, they would have been a massive inspiration for him. So they, they really did sort of kickstart that type of sound, I think, over the probably, next few yeah. years. Yeah, it's probably, incredible. Probably. Especially just from going to see Paul Van Dyke around then, he was he was unbelievable. I think I was at um, there was like a gay crasher or a God's Kitchen event in, at the mm -hmm. point in Dublin. It was like ten thousand people, and I remember he played "Take Your Air." And right, I, just right. I just remember it being it was a special moment. Just just that whole era of the music that you were making. It, it was just it, it just brings me back to a time when things were a lot more simple and the, yeah. But the, you you also have to consider this, Brian, that. Uh, right now, the, the the music market is saturated. Like Absolutely, everybody's yeah. a producer, everybody released music. Back then, there was not much music released compared to these days. So, 
if that if one track was good enough to stand out it would stand out for a year long and yeah. then of course you could recognize a certain sound now if let's say take your eye take your air right if you take that track and then you have another 150 releases which sounds pretty much the same then you know where is the special thing about take your air yeah, that's I, I fully agree with that and, and that's one of the policies that I've taken with regards to releasing my own music and especially with my label. Like I, I don't release that many tracks because I, I personally feel like there's not the the quality of music there's too much there's too much saturation. There's not there's not enough focus on making a track as good as it can be. It's all about quantity over quality. That's what it, it's like some labels are releasing two tracks a week. It's insane. There's, you can't is, have any quality is. control. And it's not adding any benefit to the scene at all. They, they take your time and make make special tracks instead of making a special amount of tracks. That's it's it's a policy that I've had with the label. Like my label is like eleven years old and I've only a hundred and twenty releases. So that's roughly ten releases a year. Because I, I like to have a bit of quality control and totally. as you said, back then a lot of the music would have been released on vinyl. So mm-hmm. it, that's the exclusivity part of it as well. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, that's where I'm, I'm coming back to your point there that, that there was less of this music because it was. And another thing, Giuseppe, back then it was very difficult to get a track signed. So you think oh, back yeah. to how oh, good yeah. those tracks were? A huge, know? huge filter, huge filter because the label, uh, because you, because labels were printing on vinyls. I mean, they wouldn't sign a track which is just okay. They would sign a track which they will make money on it because. Printing and the distribution of vinyls is pretty expensive, so that was a, a big filter, you know, for the for the music because label would only sign really really good trucks. I think definitely, yeah, uh, definitely, and yeah. not just signing something which is okay, and then if it sells fine, if it doesn't sell, doesn't matter because it only costs us five euros to set it up on Beatport. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. That, that's, 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 that's the point, right? Then, compared to investing a lot of money printing uh, 1,000, 2,000 vinyls. That, that's, the, that's the thing. But um, now, the, the, the reason why I keep, I keep making a lot of music is just because I, I get the inspiration and just want... Actually, I, I, I'd love to release even more if I could, but I have to stick to a minimum, you know, let, let it brief, right? Like a let it brief moment between one release and the other, but because my passion has always been sitting here in this place and making music, I have a lot of ideas going on, and which is also why I am starting to work on a new album right now. Another one. Another one, yeah. <laughs> Another one, just, just because I, I feel like Look, I have all these ideas. I mean, I can't just let them sit in my hard drive for years. Uh, like, you know, um, I have demos from 2014 which didn't fit in my previous album. So I'm going to rework those to fit into a new um, album or something. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do agree that sometimes I personally um, spend... Um, not enough time on a track because well you, you you also have to put the touring into accounting because you know when you're touring you tend to do everything quicker and faster because you're touring you have not much time to make music so you are used to make a track in a 
four days, five days, right? Where back 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 then I was making a track in in a month or a month and a half, like Dreamland took more than a month to make it, from you know starting playing something, then putting together, then modify and modify again, and then mixing and then mastering, and uh, you know so some track you you had you had the luxury to spend a month, a month and a half, even two months making a track, even because. You could only get released two tracks per year. Yeah, you know, and that was the that was the point. So now uh, it's more because we are so used to do everything very quick. Uh, I tend to be quick in the studio as well, which is not a I'm not proud of this, but um, it's just just how I feel right now. Yeah, I think I think as well when, when you're coming back to it, you're talking about. Back then, you'd only release maybe two tracks a year. But I think now at the moment, people's attention spans are a lot shorter. So but it, they, it, they want more, 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 more. And, exactly. And it, exactly. That, that opportunity for a track to grow organically and to do two huge tracks a year. I think people just want more and more and more. It's it's, it's more of a society thing as opposed to um, uh, what we're producing. It's it's it's. All across, it's every aspect of life. People are just want. All right, I want more, 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 more. It is. It yeah. is. It is. I yeah. mean, I I would make now money from selling music if I was releasing one track per year. <laughs> yeah, but now we'd all be in trouble. For, 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 for example, right? So uh, yeah, that that's probably the reason why we we deliver more. It's because people ask for more. Yeah, and for. For someone like yourself with such a um, a creative mind and so many ideas and th things going on all the time, do you find it difficult to like switch off and t to not always be having, do you find it difficult to deal with such an, a productive, imaginative, creative mind at times? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how to switch off, actually. Yeah. I don't because really know. I'll, I'll come back to it. I remember you said something to me, I think it was at Subculture LA 2019. It was when you were sort of setting up your gear. You said something like that. You might look calm on the outside, but inside it's it, it's a little bit different. It's like you, you, you want things to be in a certain way. And if they're not that way, it can set, set you off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it turns out I'm not a great team player. Um because it looks like everything has to be done my way or nothing. Well, I, I, I'll disagree. And, and, I, I, and, sorry to interrupt you. I, I, I completely disagree that you're not a team player. I know personally that you have helped me on so many occasions uh, with some advice with production and tracks and the studio that I'm sitting in at the moment. Uh, yeah, I know, but, we're not, but we're not making music together. Yeah. And that's a different thing. Yeah. No, team player, well, that, that's friendship. That's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, when when I say team player, I say you know the experience I had with with New Energy and the experience I had with Pure Energy later. Yeah. You know it feels it, it seems like I, I'm not that great to um, keep um, groups together. <laughs> Let me put it like this. I, I think you're, I think I don't think that's fair because at the end of the day, Giuseppe, we we have to look after ourselves first. Um, yeah. Right. It's our own careers right. above all else, and like. You have your own family. You have your own stuff to look after. Like, you need to concentrate on what you're doing above anyone else. And I, I don't think you, there's no 
feeling guilty or anything like that. I think everyone in life, you need to look after, you can't look after other people if you don't look after yourself first. So No, totally, totally, yeah. totally. But uh, yeah, going back to the switch off thing. Now, I, I, I don't know how to switch off. I'm, I'm, al I'm always thinking about something. Yeah, it's, it's I, I understand that because I'd have a, a very creative, I have a, a vivid imagination um, of a creative mind. And I, I think a lot and I, I, I'd be like that as well, where I find it very difficult to sort of switch off. Like it, it just seems like my mind is always trying to come up with ideas and like say I could be watching something on TV, there'll be a short piece of music within the show and sometimes I can just get a little bit of an inspiration from hearing a short piece of music. It, it's, I, I think, oh, before this whole experience of the past year, I found it difficult to sort of switch that off. But I think taking that step back and sort of not being fully immersed in traveling and DJing, I found it a little bit easier to, to just step away from music for a little bit and to okay. just be normal. So that's one benefit I found from the last year. But as I said uh, a little bit, a short while ago on the podcast, in the past week, I've really started to miss the, um, the experience of DJing. And I, I'm, I'm worried, man, about my future and my career because I, I don't really know who I am if if I'm not a DJ like I, I don't know what would I go and work at like I, I, I really don't this is all that I know how to do so it's been really it's it's tough, tough to continually yeah. read about all this like as I spoke about um, people before on this podcast like our, our job it's it's based around social distancing large gatherings traveling across the world we're in a very very difficult position and, and it's, it's very hard to take and I'm, I'm missing it I'm missing that whole experience and I'm finding it tough and I'm, I'm worried for my future and my career right. there's some moments where I feel okay and then there's other moments where it, it just feels like what's got, what am I going to do but at the same time I, I can't really let myself go down and let my imagination run away with itself and come up with all these terrible yeah. scenarios because as cliche as it sounds, it just we, we need to take it just one step at a time and just have small goals and just keep hitting them every day and yeah, just keep yeah. keep keep um making the doing the streams for everybody out there to keep them um keep them entertained and just keep doing what we can do. That's that's all we can really do at the moment. We can't look too far ahead. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I agree. Um, Maybe I'm a little bit different because I'm more of a producer than a DJ. So um, it is essential. I mean, it became essential for me to be on stage performing. But uh, my my passion is sitting here in the studio making music. So uh, I'm not uh, worried about the future in this in this sense. But on the other on the other hand, I know that I mean things will have. You know, we'll go back to more to normal at some point because this is not just a problem on myself; it's a problem of the entire population of the planet. You know, you're we we need to stay together with other people. We need to 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 chat and stay close, actually squash together in a room because we need that. We need to touch people. We need to 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 gather together uh, that could be anything you know it doesn't have to be a festival EDM festival but anything just for example um, a carnival in Rio I imagine how hard it is for that you know for those people cannot go and celebrate 
any sort of celebration, I mean, people need to stay together, so if it's not possible now, it will be possible at some point, but, you know, I'm not worried, I'm not worried about when, um, the only thing that I worried is how people can, you know, keep staying healthy mentally till it comes back. Because, you know, it could be another year, could be another two years, who knows. But, um, personally, I, I don't think much about that. I don't watch many news. Uh, uh, of course, I just have my wife telling me, hey, if the world is burning, you just let me know. But I don't follow everyday news because I don't want to get into the system where I take all this news from everywhere and then I start thinking in my head uh, on what what has to be done, what has to be um, the way to, 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 to go, because that, that's not my, that's not my job, it's not, I mean, I can't, I can't decide anyway, uh, but um, I'm just trying, maybe, as I said before, I'm just trying to keep making music, um, getting ready for when all this shit will be over, probably. On the same, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I've, Sort of for the last while I've been blocking out I don't watch the news I, like, I, I don't want to know what the world's pain and everything wrong that's wrong is going on in the world I can't control any of that all I can control is what's in front of my own two eyes and as as terrible as the news are making it out there's also fantastic things going on in the world at the same oh yeah time, absolutely you know? absolutely kids being born there's loads of yeah, but things it's, going on it, you know it, it has to do a lot with the kind of communication the media yeah. do because they decide what you know, they they they, 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 they can control yeah, yeah they, they can control your mood. They have yeah. to make an, a, a public opinion of something. So you kind of uh, being driven by them anyway. So they feed the news that you need to hear. I mean of that course. they want you to hear. So, but it's fine. It, you know, if you are conscious of this, if you're if you know it, that works this way, then you just hear the news and then filter and and trying to. Um, get your own idea, fine, but uh, I don't watch the TV news every day, not at all, just because it, it does not point that they keep saying the same thing and then, I don't know, I, I, just, I just need to stay informed if I can actually drive to Rome or not, yeah, <laughs> because of the, the lockdown, that, yeah. that's what I need to know right now. The, it, it's like this, the, uh, our brains are attracted to negativity. So at the moment, the news are pumping out negativity because if, if you're scared or worried about what's going on, you're going to want to know what's happening to see if things are changing. So if yeah, the news no. are telling you things But you can't change anything anyway. Watch. No, exactly. So my advice would be is to don't let the news and what's going on in the world dominate your mood on a day-to-day. -day. Just focus on what you can control and block out all that because it's it's nothing got to do with you 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 can't control any of it so you just need to let all that stuff go and just focus on totally. what's happening in your own life you know totally just just i would say just keep following what are the rules i mean if you need to wear a mask i just wear a mask uh for example i did a few streamings uh, live streamings from the studio or from the car um where i have what i have to wear a mask just because the the law says that you know like if you, you drive a mask in a car yeah if you're driving with someone who's not part of your family like your close friend family um 
I mean, I, I was driving with my cousin, Giorgio, and then, you know, because we don't live together, so you have to wear a mask. And there is a lot of people commenting, like, you know, take take the, the, the bloody mask off and, and stuff like that. I never reply because, you know, you can do whatever you want. It's not... It's not up to me to tell you what you want to, what you need to do, but uh, you know they advise to to keep the mask. So just I just keep my mask on because it, I don't care about myself. I care I care about the others. You know if there is a chance the mask works and can help some other not to get infection, then it's it's worth to keep it on. Yeah. You're just thing. you're just following the advice of the governments, and that's. that's I, I tend to I, t I tend to follow I tend to follow just because it, it makes sense to me. Like there's there's plenty of ones here that I don't agree with, but I've everything that I've been asked to do, I've done it. Um, we don't need to wear masks outside. I, I see people wearing masks outside, and I'm thinking to myself, this this doesn't make sense to me because you. When you're outside, you need air, you need oxygen to breathe. It well, that that, system, that doesn't know. make it's, sense. It's not yeah. healthy. It's not like, wearing masks isn't healthy. Like, I, I no, understand absolutely. they're trying to protect people, but it's not healthy. It's I, I know from wearing a mask. So I feel sick after wearing it. So I don't know. I know it's government advice and all that, but there's plenty of um, uh, what would it be reports and uh, studies into the effectiveness of wearing masks and. Sweden doesn't have them. Um, yeah, I know. You know. But you know what? What I tell to my friends is that they can't make a law for the small cities or the big cities. For example, wearing a mask when you walk out here where I where I live, it makes no sense because no, it's, it's, it's same, on the same. beach. It's huge. You know, you, you you don't get to stay in touch with other people. But the same rule applies in Rome, where you get the metro, the underground, and that's a mess. So of course, if you are walking outside, and you're taking, you walk in the in in the street, in the city street, where it's a lot of people together. You go in the to the underground. There is a lot of people together. Of course, they have to tell you you need to wear the mask even if you are outside your house. But that's two different things, you know. You are in the underground of Rome, or you are on the beach here in my place. That's totally different things. Yeah, but it's they completely different. It, yeah. But it's the same rule, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think a little bit of, you know, um, if you don't stay close, to, I mean, if I don't stay close to any other people, I just take it off. I don't care. Exactly. You have to look Told after you. yourself, Giuseppe, before anyone Yeah, else. no, no. That's what I'm saying. That, but you need to breathe. You need to get this fresh air into your lungs. Wearing a mask, going for a walk in the open air, it defeats the purpose. I, I understand. Is. Um, people are and that, that, that's and something that's something I do every almost every morning. I mean, you know, like the, today, uh, it was raining. Fine, I got my umbrella. I went down the beach, taking a walk because that's how you can start a better day. Yeah, the first thing I did this morning, I took the uh, the dog out for a walk. So would I be right in thinking that you got a dog? Last no, year? I have a cat. No, a cat I'm was a cat, was it? Yeah, I'm too lazy for a dog. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I, it must have been someone. I must have been <laughs> Maybe it was the cat because I have a cat as well. How yeah. have you found your um, cat owning experience? Uh, well, because I don't really have much time to uh, look over a dog. I mean, uh, if you have a dog, it, that it's, it's basically another kid. Man, basically, I, basically. I, I got a golden retriever in, in November and yeah, well, you well, know, I, if, for the first couple of weeks, I was dead. I was thinking to myself, "What have I done here?" This I know, I know. I, I, I was asking Adele, "Do we have a receipt to bring him back?" Because it was just, 
it's, it's, it I know, I know. I was waking up at seven o'clock in the morning and I was literally looking after him till 11 o'clock at night. If I got five minutes to go on my phone mm. to speak to someone on WhatsApp, that was like a miracle for mm. me. But right, it, you, right. You, as it, mm. you, you, he gets, he, he sort of matures and he gets a bit better and then once you're able to get him out walking and stuff, it was a lot easier. But it was mm. very difficult at the start, I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. I can sure. always used to be But very, you know, that, that, that's, the, that's the way it should be. I mean, if you, if you get a dog, you have to really treat a dog in, in this way. You can't just leave him alone. Like a, a, a cat, a cat is different. Well, you know, you know, right? Yeah. So um, I think I think cat is the perfect uh, pet I, I I can have now, just because it's he's doing whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Just he's well, independent. He's, he's totally independent. He's uh, likely uh, I have a big garden outside my house, so it just go in and out. But he sleeps with me uh, at night. But uh, it's totally independent. So it's a it's a nice company. You know, it comes here in the studio and. Uh, when you, you when you downstairs watching TV, it's it's a, the kids are happy because they they love the cat. Uh, so um, it it it's great, it's great. But I'm, I don't think I have. Um, it's not the right moment for me to have a dog. Yeah, I mean, I I tell I tell what I say to everybody is like, look, I have two kids and one cat. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I love the t I lo absolutely love the two of them. Obviously, I have the cat a little bit longer, so he'll always be number one. But the dog, I I wouldn't have him as number two. I'd have him as one point five. But uh, right, I, I'm really have a great connection with him, and I've always wanted my own dog. So it's 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 been a learning experience. Like I still have the moments where I'm losing my head and getting angry sure. with him. But he's in a way he's teaching me how to be patient. He's not the one with the issue. I'm the one who needs to work on this stuff. So in the end, it'll probably it'll all benefit me in the end. Totally, yeah, totally. And he's huge, right? Yeah, he's getting bigger. It's, it's, he's, it's, he's, it's, it's a, a retriever. He's nearly he's nearly um five months old, but he's he's absolutely he's like a little elephant running around. The house. <laughs> he's huge, but he's he's, he's killed. I really really yeah. Uh, Really, really love him. But, right. Um, I want to. I've just a couple more things before we um, we finish up. I want to go back to. Obviously, you don't consider yourself a DJ. You're a, you're a live performer. Um, no, I'm I'm okay to be considered a DJ. I okay, mean, uh, we call you. A yeah, DJ, sure. DJ, live performer, the whole thing. You're you're absolutely whatever. Just so, just play just play on stage. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to talk to you about the the live performance experience as opposed to DJing, because I've never really, I've, obviously I've never performed live the way you do. And to be honest, DJing is a lot of standing around where you're actually pretending to be doing something. That's that's the truth. Like all this jumping <laughs> yeah, I know, around. I know, I know, I know, I know. You're, you're literally waiting three or four minutes to press play in the next track and that's all you're doing. That's it. It's, it's a fact. So I want to ask you to, to be fully immersed in that moment and to be in control of everything that you're doing and creating stuff live. How, how do you find that experience? It must be really interesting and exhilarating at the same time. Well, you know, um, I think the, the, the main, the main issue here is that I am extremely shy and I, I don't like to be on stage with a lot of people looking at me. That's the main thing. So, at the beginning, bringing my, uh, I was, cause it was bringing big keyboards. So having these keyboards in front of me, it was kind of a separating me from the crowd. So I was feeling comfortable because that was my place. 
while standing, you know, with a lower desk with a mixer and two CDJs or vinyls back then. But with vinyls, it would be different because you spend time beat matching. That's a different thing. But um, just playing CD players with a mixer where you, as I said before, you just press play and wait to mix the next track. Uh, the, the, the three, four minutes in between is basically you in front of the crowd who looks they look at you and you need to do something because yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. be like a standing dick like you know like it that that's kind of uh embarrassing for me so same, that, that, i feel exactly the same that's what I've that, that, that's before. why i don't like and the other thing is that you know uh, i whenever it happens i tend to put my head down but that's also that's even worse because people come to see you you, you know it's not nice if you just keep your head down and pretending doing something but that's not nice so which this is probably the reason why i always try to bring my live shows around uh because i have my gear i have my it's it's in my little studio so i feel like i'm in my you know bedroom <laughs> uh and then um i feel definitely more comfortable and if you feel comfortable then you can deliver you know a good show if you don't feel if you feel like i, I don't want to be here you know that that's not good for music i've had that um, a few times not gonna lie <laughs> i know i know we, we all had yeah. we all had and um the other few times where i dj i i don't dj with cd players i dj with my laptop because i bring my controllers and so i have loops and stuff going on all the time and uh it kind of keeps me more not busy as the live act but definitely more busy than, than just djing uh and that's what i that that's the main reason why i i decide to bring my live shows um on stage compared to dj sets and another great reason and that's a probably another good reason is that at the very beginning when i started to work with paul van dyke um he was like um well first before this um um Myself and Andrea, um, my ex-partner from New Energy, uh, we did some live show in a small club here just for fun. And so we had a couple of these pictures on the website. And Paul was like, okay, so these guys can play live. And when we said, okay, we want to be DJs, it was like, look, there is no room for another DJ here. You know, the, 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 the market was already saturated with DJs. So if you want to make a career, a music career, you start playing live. And I was like, um, okay, I take it, I take it. And, uh, and since then, I never even thought about playing as a DJ. Live performance was the way for me because the, the big boss say that. Yeah. And of course, you know, um, as it was my biggest inspiration anyway, I was like, okay, if Paul says and suggests this, I, I, I walk this way and um, so let's you know if you put these two things together that was more at the beginning but if you also put the fact that I don't feel comfortable on stage now you know why I have all my gear in front of me you know it kind of a separate yeah it's a positive distraction so that it you is, can immerse it is. yourself in that but it is. You're, you're coming back that like say if you were DJing you would have your head down but the fact that you're playing live and you're so into it 
that's creating an excellent uh, combination between you and the crowd. Yes. They, they see how much you're loving it, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's working to your yeah. advantage. It's, 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 it's fantastic for you. And it's uh -huh. fantastic for them. So it's, and look, it's, it's cool. great. It's great in a club where people can see what you're doing. But on a big stage, it's a big festival that people can't see what you're doing. You really feel like you need to, you know, uh, put the head up and uh, and and look at them because the, the, you feel like you need to wave your hand or do something because. They can't see what you're doing there, of course, which is another reason why I put my cameras on. So I always have, have my, my GoPros because I film my live shows and then I can put them on YouTube and people can actually see what I was doing at a certain gig. But at the moment, at the gig, people don't even understand. I mean, I could just play you know, a playlist on my phone and let it play. You know, you can do whatever you want. You can, you can just <laughs> play a pre-mixed set and I know it's not something you know um, how do you say well uh, it's something that happens and we know it uh, but you can do whatever you want you know that they, they, they just want to see you uh, so when I play live and I play big stages I really try to force myself trying to kind of communicate with my body uh, with, with the people what's the worst thing that's happened to you while playing live and how did you deal with it um, um technically um that was uh the love from above 2004 i think uh in berlin with paul you know the the the, the show before the love parade so there was paul and then me and then tiesto and um no pressure no pressure. <laughs> only uh, only, only half an hour show, and then um, um, one of the two laptops didn't wake up because the hard drive was getting um, was corrupted for some reason because it was we left the 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 setup was too close to the main speakers. So I don't know if that's the vibration or something. Um, one of the hard drives uh, didn't wake up and it was just five minutes to go. So um, I had another hard drive in my bag and uh, in front of all the people waiting while Tiesto was playing the last tune, uh, just, you know, just flipped the laptop. That was a um, Asus laptop something. It, was, it wasn't a Mac. Anyway, so just, you know, taking the screws off and exchanging the hard the backup hard drive where we didn't have all the songs we were meant to play but it was a backup it was a backup so everything in front of people waiting for you and you know likely it woke up and we could play the set but not all the tracks that we wanted to so that in my mind technically was a disaster um but uh talking about Generally, like a, like a generic gig, like my one of my worst gigs, um, uh, I think it was. Um, okay, I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna tell the brand or the place, but I was playing. They put me on main stage after David Guetta. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and that was the time where David Guetta was like, you know, I like I like what he's playing now. If I gotta be honest, but um, years ago it. I wasn't really into his music. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a main stage, a big festival. I played after him and 
I was the closing DJ and everybody left after he finished. It's happened to me. I think I was playing after. Um, oh, actually, no, no, it wasn't. It was David Guetta, Afrojack, then me. Yeah, I played after Gareth Emery at Creamfields. I think it was two two years ago. <laughs> as soon as he finished, I'd never seen any. I'd never seen a, a place empty so quick in all my life. Yeah, at, at least the, the real people stayed and 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 uh, tried to enjoy my set as much well, as possible. But we've all had those moments. Look, there, there were fifteen thousand people on the main on main stage, and I ended up with I don't know five hundred. And for ended up, I mean in 20 minutes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know. So, but uh, apart from that, I usually have fun uh, when 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 I play. Uh, so it doesn't really matter if it's a big festival or a small club. Actually, I like I like the small clubs a lot because you can you know stay in touch with people, and that's probably what I actually miss right now you can't stay in touch with people so uh live streamings uh, for me are uh, being kind of a constant you know uh consistent uh, through the weekends delivering my live streamings just because it's the only way i can kind of uh, communicate with fans with people and feel like okay we're still connected we're still yeah. having fun together i think that's very important at the moment because Everyone's sort of probably feeling a little bit isolated and they're not seeing people and they're not having that social aspect in their life. So I think it's very important for yourself, myself, to continue these these streams and this type of podcast as well, just to stay in contact with people and especially mm -hmm. with this podcast. It's sort of just to show the effect that we're struggling as well with everything that goes on in the world. We're just not well, look, people the same as everyone else. We are all normal people. We're all struggling with something someone struggles more someone less but i mean this is not normal for people in general so of course we try to i mean you know we try to do what we can do and trying to help ourselves but also trying to help other people um i think that's all the best we can do right now i mean i don't see any other uh, thing possible right now so um yeah <laughs> i don't know man yeah, just no. Just, 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 just keep making, going. Just, just keep, keep going. going. Just keep going. Yeah. yeah. And, and on the subject of helping people, you released your masterclass late late last year. How did yeah, you find yeah. the process of putting that together? And uh, uh, well, um, initially, I thought that would be something that will take a month to to put together. But it took me uh, almost six months, which is fine because it kept me busy through the summer and everything. So fine, you know. But uh, there was a lot of work. Um, the good thing is that the response I've got from the masterclass is way bigger than what I thought. And so, um, of course, it's not just about, you know, because it's kind of an expensive masterclass, so people could say, oh, well, Giuseppe is making money. No, it's not, it's not that. The fact that a lot of people more than expected joined the masterclass it kind of um, is a personal satisfaction where you see, oh, okay, so people really trust what I do and that's the, 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 the best thing the best feedback I could get because you know someone spending 200 euros on a masterclass it means they really like you you know they, they, they really trust what you say what you do I mean I did my masterclass the best I could I, I know uh, um, you know there is this language barrier which is you know it doesn't really help that's 
that's also why we have subtitles and everything. But I really tried to explain the best I could and all the all the things that I do that I've been doing for the past 20 years. So, but again, you know, it's a great feedback that a lot of people trusted in this and uh, became a member. So um, uh, it's, it's, it's a great achievement. I think it's a great satisf personal satisfaction more than anything else. Uh, and that's a positive thing that I take from the pandemic, because if there was no pandemic going on, I would never had time to work on something like this. And, um, and people have been asking for this for quite some time, because I, I used to stream on YouTube and everything from the studio. But, you know, uh, streaming from the studio is basically a, a camera up there. You see that? Big view, you make music, you don't really talk much to people, so you don't really explain much um, and so I had the chance with a pandemic uh, stop from touring to get some time and, and, and work on this so it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing um, it's a positive thing that I you know I'm taking from 2020 yeah and, and how do you feel about the, the future of the trance music scene I'll, I'll explain my sort of worries about it I think there's sort of a lack of, of really young talent coming through um, I don't think there's many people coming through that would have the same sort of work ethic as yourself myself who's willing to really put the hard work in and make their own music and really like have the drive to succeed and to, to get to get far and another concern of mine is it's if the the crowds that go to trans gigs appear to be getting sort of older and older I know in some countries it might be a little bit different and for me that's a concern because that's not there's no other generation coming through so I'm just wondering how do you feel about where it could possibly go in the next few years well I don't know because you know like new producers just open YouTube they see big festival you, they see people jumping on the on the DJ booth and that's what they want to do you know, they, 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 there is a, a big amount of people, of young producers, they don't really have the... Uh, they, are, uh, they don't want to spend too much time making music because all they want is just getting a gig and jump up there and, and be famous. Uh, let, let me, let, let's say they are... majority of people is looking for shortcuts. That, that that that's the that's the thing but there are also a lot of people that um i'm also uh releasing on my label that i really see the passion in what they do um so i'm not really worried about uh the future of trans because um i mean I, i'm not worried about the future of trans in terms that it will change styles like you know it will move around but Basically, you still have your melodies and stuff. I mean, it's it, it's like um, when you change your dress, you still, but you're still Brian. Do you know what I mean? So it's going Of course, it can't stay the same as it was in 1999. That's that's impossible. Even though I released a few tracks now, which sound well, not now, last year, which sound like 1999, but just because it's something new for the new generation. Because they, they were not even born in 1999. But, um, I mean, um, I, th I think music in general just keeps evolving, uh, keeps changing dress. But it, 
you know, it remains the same thing in the end because what we are looking for is still melodies that can bring emotions that can, you know, put you in a, in a, in a good mood and, and put friends together and join the music. So uh, as long as you have a great melodies, which is for me is the, the only part that can carry the emotions and the feelings, um, then we, we have trance alive. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be overly negative. I think one thing that will happen when, when the gigs do start coming back around, I think it's revitalized a lot of people where people who maybe haven't gone to shows for a number of years, they're going to say, right, I haven't been able to enjoy myself for a year. I'm going to start going to shows again. So I think the, so you say people who used to go to shows years, years ago, they're going to start going to shows. So there's going to be, the people who are dedicated, there's going to be the people who have went before and are going to come back in. So I think, I want to end the show on a positive note, I think when things do start back up, I think it's going to be, the scene will thrive. I think it'll be the atmospheres, everything, everyone will be really raring to go. So that is something that I'm excited for as well. Oh yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But you, 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 can, you can tell already, you know, as soon as we have some sort of freedom, we tend to make parties anyway. Uh, like even um, last Sunday, um, which was the f um, the first weekend in a yellow zone, so with the last restrictions. I mean, it, it was like uh, one of the busiest days in in this place ever because people just need to go out. Just people people need to 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 stay together, and uh, and the same thing applies to festival. You know, whenever we it's safe to do so uh, we will they will come back together and um, and, and the um, uh, yeah the, the mood of people it will be much better than what we've used to see so far because everybody wants to go back and just have fun and relax and trying to think okay forget the pandemic now we are you know back to back to life normal life so um, yeah I'm positive in that way um, the other way I'm not extremely positive is that uh, traveling is going to be kind of a mess with um, restrictions like a quarantine or I don't know, like a sort of a vaccine passport, something like that. I don't really know how this is going to work, but um, I don't think it for the first, you know, for the first period, I don't think it's going to be an easy travel at all. Yeah, yeah. So it's not exactly. So that's the only thing. So I, I'm not expecting um, to go back on tour uh, as normal, like uh, every weekend somewhere. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, expect I'm expecting this to start slowly, and then you know, while things will get better and better, and then possibly back to normal, but. I mean, let me put it like this. I see my, I see myself wearing a mask for a long time. Really? Well, that's that's the feeling I have. Okay. Let's hope that's not the case. Hopefully, things do get better soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, not wearing a mask because of um, restrictions, but because you don't want to go back to this. Mm. It's kind of an over um, protection, maybe. Yeah, I wish there was just a way that 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 they could say, right, if we do this, if 
for a certain amount of period, then it will end. But this, the, the, the toughest thing for me has been going in and out. So you're getting a little bit of freedom, you're able to do things, and then it's another three months where you can't leave your house. It's just in and out. There has to be, like, if, if I know it's it's difficult to predict all this stuff, but if there was just, if there was an end point where it's sort of t- saying, right, if we do this for this long, it'll be gone, and then we can get back to normal. But it's just, that's not how the world works, unfortunately. No, no, it's not. So, uh, you know, as my as my T-shirt says, stay positive, play trans. Absolutely. That's, w- that's what we can do. do. That's what we can do for now. Yeah, let's stay positive. I don't want to. I don't want to end the show on that. No, no, totally, totally. I mean, I ne- never been. Um, you know, I was talking to to my manager Neil, and I never been negative in this period. I'm always been positive, but also conscious of the actual situation. So we can't make plans and say, okay, Giuseppe, let's do this, this, and that, because maybe in I don't know in October we have this gig. We can't we can't think about this. We have to think, okay, let's do this, this and that because next week we have a meeting. <laughs> or because in two weeks we have a release. That's the um, you know the the, the 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 amount of time you can talk about and make plans. So um But so that, that's for, fine. That's so for fine. people for people just before we go, for people who are interested in the masterclass, where could they find more information? On uh, my website, giuseppottaviani.com, yeah. And the masterclass, uh, uh, it's going to Grove because uh, I'm recording new videos right now. So that's going to be a plus for whoever already, you know, for the members already. And uh, it's another also plus for people who will buy the masterclass because they get more for the same money. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we want to keep this um, kind of a dynamic. So I'm going to update new videos every now and then, making exclusive stuff, kind of a... Um, Kind of a more uh, like a community than just something you you it's it's, it's not a movie okay I, I don't want this to be just a movie that you watch one time and then it's gone it, it has to be more something that um you can interact with me of course and um, there is kind of a communication with myself and then there is more stuff coming you know it has to be more dynamic than just something you watch and then thanks well, I just I just want to finish off this podcast by saying that there's an old phrase that says you should never meet your heroes. You'll only end up disappointed. And I just want to say that's definitely not the case with you. So <laughs> I just want to say thank you very much for coming on this episode of Chat. No it's worries. It's been fantastic speaking to you and all the best for the yeah. 2021. And hopefully I shall see you at a gig sometime in the future. I hope so, man. I hope so. Seriously, we had enough. But yeah, it is what it is. Uh, as I said before, let's just keep staying positive and play trance because that's the best thing we can do. Absolutely. So thank you very much for having me and I'll see you soon, hopefully. Thank you very much, Giuseppe. Take care.